and another week of the Chatterbox Video Game Radio Show is set to start right now. My name is Alon. And my name is still Ara. Every week. Every week it's the same thing. It's the same name every time. So I want to say a lot's happened this week, but I think a lot has happened with one particular thing this week. And uh, we've we've both, I believe both, have been reading about the, the SimCity launch. Maybe two particular things. Yeah. Launch might be the wrong word, by the way. The SimCity release, I suppose. Like, I don't know what you call it if you can't play the game, right? It's a launch. It's a botched launch, yeah. I guess. So let me, let me start by talking to the two listeners who don't know what we're talking about already. Um, we, uh, on the show, we tend to just jump right into things, assuming that you know what we're talking about, because that's, that's who I like to talk to. But, um, but just in case... Uh, SimCity, the new SimCity, which is just called SimCity, even though SimCity came out like 20 years ago or something. Um, new one is online only as a form of DRM, but also sort of built into the game. The way that it works supposedly needs to be online only. Um, and that means when the game releases and you have a lot of people who want to play it all of a sudden, that there are inevitably problems. And the fact that I say inevitably is what concerns me for you know and we'll now be discussing through uh the remainder of of this well at least this segment i guess um so the problems we're talking about is that the game came out and a whole bunch of people bought it and so what happened like nobody could get online or lots of people couldn't get online because of like server the majority overload. of people could not play most and people then, i i mean i didn't experience this myself because i didn't buy it right but um from what i'm reading it's it's not just like some people had the problem and couldn't connect. Like, you just couldn't play this game for a week. And it was so bad that Amazon actually stopped for a period of time selling it on their site. Yeah, and EA told their, you know, how... As a digital download, I might add. You know, you have a website and you put up ads from companies to sell their stuff, right? Yeah. So you're an affiliate of, of EA or whatever. They actually told their affiliates to stop promoting this game. Um, they took features out of the game that, you know... I don't know that they tax the servers, but they certainly uh, they they cause more activity on the servers for these relatively unnecessary features like leaderboards and some other minor things. So they actually disabled features of the game to just sort of lighten the load. Uh, and this past weekend, they they added a bunch more servers. They said that they increased the servers by 120%, which my understanding is that they more than doubled the amount of servers they had. But uh, like I said, the inevitably broken part is what bothers me i'm always surprised at how frequently this problem comes up with video games and how infrequently in comparison it comes up in other worlds like non-video games i don't know that there's something analogous other than simply uh supply not being met well let me put it to you this way i told this to my friend and he remarked in comparison this never happens to Google servers. Uh, well, I mean, Google has its own problems too, but Google has long betas so that you can, you know, you can't really get upset when something's in beta if it's not working properly. And they, I'm sure they do that by design. But, you know, this is a, an interesting situation because it's one of those scenarios where there's not enough supply to meet demand, right? But that's at the server level. In terms of the actual product, the people feel like they've bought it because they have bought it, right? So there was there was supply in order to give the person either the disk or the license digitally, um, uh, partly because there's no limit on, on digital licensing. But um, there was enough supply so that people could buy it and therefore feel entitled, which they are, uh, entitled to make use of the thing that they purchased. But then supply... At, at the you know the production level of actually getting it to work is a problem. It's kind of like you know, I mean, it, like I said, there's no real analogy for it. If you bought a car or a piece of clothing or something, but then for some reason outside of your own control, you could not use that that thing, that device, or or whatever it is you bought. Um, right, so but why would you like? How would you explain the fact that we're we're seeing these problems so frequently? Well, with that's video game companies. That's the astonishing part, and there's no excuse, right? So I, I've been trying to think all week. You'd, you'd think that they would spend massive, massive amounts of effort and resource on making sure that when demand scales up like crazy, 
right? Because that's when they'll make the most money. They'll be ready, right? Because that's what games do. Games are streaky. They either you either don't sell shit or you'll sell a ton. Yeah. Well, way well, more than you ever thought you would. Here's the thing. So, so first of all, here's some well arguments or explanations about what happens, right? So, if you haven't thought about this before, and I know that you have, Aura, but but the listener might not have. Um, the time when a game is going to be most taxed or or have most concurrent plays is right at launch. And also, that's the most important time when you want to make sure that everybody who wants to can play for yeah, obvious reasons. Yeah, obviously, because you want to have a good first impression. Um, so anyway, it's, it's the time when you can count on everybody wanting to play right now. So in a month, there's going to be probably more players overall playing it, but not necessarily simultaneously. The only time you know that people are going to want to play right this instant is right when they get it, right when they're allowed to. That's true. You know what else is funny? Maybe this is something that exacerbated the problem. Maybe not. It's hard for me to tell. But is this... If this isn't the first time, it's got to be one of the first times where... Well, no, I'm not even going to say that, actually. Um, But this isn't like they sold a hard copy product and they knew that, okay, like we're manufacturing 15,000 units or 150,000 or however many, right? We're manufacturing this many units. And so we know what the upper bound is going to be on how many people are trying to connect, right? This is digital. So they don't have an upper bound on how many they can sell. Which, but, but they certainly know how many they've sold and how many... Like, yes, they, they do, right? But they only know right when they've sold it, right? So I'm wondering if that aspect has forced the companies uh, in older times to be more prepared and this uncertainty is now resulted in them being less prepared for, for, for lack of being able to anticipate. Well, it wasn't a big of an issue because when you were selling just discs you probably didn't have a lot of online-only games. I mean, I know for a couple of years now, like your Halos and whatever, games that are have a major online component, you sell it and immediately people want to play. And there are some backups, but... Uh, yeah, but you know like three months before you the game is published, you have yeah, an upper pre-orders. bound three months. Yeah, basically. Yeah, but you and know here what? they don't have any upper pre- bound. Pre-ordering is bigger now than ever, you know, and I don't know what the sales were like for SimCity and for digital. And if you pre-order your digital copy or yeah, that's a good you, point too. They preload it. Right. I could say, well, how many people preloaded it? How many are going to play? But, but let me make this argument, right? My argument is that in a year there will be more copies purchased and possibly actually. So, so just a minute ago, I said the time when you're going to have most concurrent players is right at the beginning. I actually don't believe that to be true. I believe that there's a, a huge amount right right off the bat, and then it dies down a bit. And then as more people buy the game, it probably increases, but steadily and slowly, such that eventually you're going to have more than even on launch day playing simultaneously. Yeah, you could. Or just according to as its popularity waxes and wanes, you know. Yeah, but, you know, there's only so many people who are going to buy it on day one, which is a large number. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, a large number, but it's not like you have a huge spike at the right right at the beginning, and it just dies down so dramatically after that that you don't need those servers. And that's sort of the argument on the part of of the publisher, like, well, how much money should we put for servers if really that's only needed in the first two days? Yeah. Well, and maybe then it's going to be maybe enough out. not to have a PR disaster. Well, I I think over time it's going to pick up anyway. You will right. have purchased those servers anyway. Not to mention in the case of EA. They're a huge company with lots and lots of online games. So they're going to need servers, Yeah. period. You would think that they would be able to manage the distribution of those kinds of resources much more efficiently than they've proven to. Yeah, they, they should just say, you know what? We're going to have 10 times as many servers as we, we thought we needed or something. And according to some letter that was supposedly written by an employee on Reddit, um, an EA employee, uh, he claims and I'm sure other people could corroborate this, that they were having similar problems just in the beta, right? And so they knew basically that they didn't have an, That's enough That's even servers. worse because then that means they had information that told them this was going to happen. Yeah. And they're just like, yeah, we're just going to ignore and this. And they had pre-orders and they knew, I mean, they know what happens if people can't connect uh, because it's this DRM online only situation where – other games like your Halos I was mentioning before, some people bought it, are just going to play single player. Some people aren't even going to have internet, right? So you, 
you can count on not yeah. not the upper bound being the number of people playing. Some people are going to offer the uh, internet a hundred dollar reward on Twitter for cracking the game and being able to play your copy offline because they can't play it at all. Well, you the. <laughs> It's apparently built in such a way that it's not possible to play offline. Like right. it's, you're constantly data's being crunched by the servers all the time, and so it was by design this way. But I'm sure it was partially by design in order to to implement this DRM scenario. And it's just it's dumb because not only do they have all this the signs in place in advance. First of all, it's an online only game, so everyone who's playing is going to be causing us a, a server load, right? Um, we know how many people are buying the game because there are pre-order numbers, and I'm sure there's pre-orders for digital as well. We know many, how many people uh, have traditionally played SimCity games, and that is to say a whole hell of a lot because SimCity is one of the best-selling games in history. I don't know if we had discussed that yet. In fact, I don't think we have has sold ridiculous numbers. It's hugely popular. Not only that, there was a bunch of hype behind this particular release because it's been a while since there was a SimCity game. That's true. And so they had every sign in the universe saying we're going to need a lot of servers. And clearly, they didn't have enough because they more than doubled in one week. That, oh, we didn't have enough. Let's put more than double. And we're still not out of the woods yet. And we have to remove features from the game, right? So they should have had at least triple the number of servers that they had. And, like, that's not just off by a little. That's off by a whole hell of a lot. Yeah, I wish I wish there was another reason. that I mean, I'm, in the back of my head, I'm like, I'm just hoping that we're just naive and that there's a more interesting reason than just somebody fucked up. Maybe there's a bug that's causing server load to be much larger than it should be. I mean, we can only speculate at this point. Who knows? But it's just ridiculous. The, the, if they were an indie company who just had a hit on their hands that grew out of nowhere, I'd get it. But that's not what's going on. Chatterboxers, how much do you love Amazon.com? Since you're like me, the answer is a lot. And since you love Chatterbox almost as much, here's what I want you to do. Next time you get a new game, a pair of socks, downloadable MP3, anything really, go to helpchatterbox.com. It takes you to Amazon, but when you buy something, we get a piece of the action. That's good for us, and Amazon feels good because you didn't buy it from GameStop. Helpchatterbox.com. Remember it. Bookmark it. Tattoo it backwards on your forehead. And yes, all I'm asking you to do is buy stuff you are already going to buy. Just do it at helpchatterbox.com. And we're back. You're still listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. You know, a lot of people have been listening and commenting on our, our Facebook page. Yes, our Facebook page is aflame with comments. They're not f- flame comments, though. They're regular comments. It's just aflame with them. Yeah. I and, feel like uh, we should have started this page a long time ago. Well, you know, it's never too late. Yeah. Except when you die, then it's too late. But we're still alive. So. But it's going well. Um, we got people on there singing our praises. Not too many people bitching about us, which is nice. Uh, so go find our Facebook page. Well, I, I welcome all comments, so don't be shy. Yeah. It's, can... I'm shamed, though, because I, I should put Facebook on our site, but I can't even edit our site right now. I, I talk about this That's so very often. shameful. I'm, I'm now ashamed of yeah. your shame. I need to just I need to just buy a new host. Anyway, um, I want to... Okay, so this has nothing to do with games, but I just want to say really quick, I was... Um, I was forced into another food challenge yesterday. What does it mean to be forced into one? Well, yeah, forced isn't the best word. It, was, it wasn't like a planned, like, um, premeditated event, right? I go to Buffalo Wild Wings, Wild Wings with some of my friends, and then they're like, oh, look, there's a food challenge. So then, of course, they all turn their heads towards me, and they're like, you're going to do the food challenge, right? So was it a... A volume challenge or a spice challenge? It was a trick challenge. That's why I want to talk about it. Okay. So it was eat uh, 12 wings in their hottest sauce in under 12 minutes. 
I feel like you could do that. Yeah, and so I was like, okay, you know, this is an unexpected challenge, but I will, I will rise, even though I'm surprised by it. And, and is it like you, it you eat, you get them for free if you succeed? Or? Uh, that was a whole other thing we need, don't need to get into. It was lame, but here's the good part, or the horrible part, depending on your perspective. So I get these wings. The sauce is not that hot. I knew I could eat it, right? I'm not the fastest eater in the world. I had to eat basically one wing per half minute, okay? Here's the problem. I thought you said there were 12 wings to eat in 12 minutes. Six minutes. Oh. Okay, that's a little bit more yeah, difficult. that's the rules. I would okay. say twice as difficult. Apparently, the record is like a minute and change, which is ridiculous because at that point, you have to eat bones. But yeah. um, so what I got, I got the biggest, juiciest wings I've ever seen in my life. Oh, that's what you mean by a trick. They were gigantic. I was like, I have never even conceived that this much meat could be on a wing from a chicken place. Okay. Ever. So. Well, it's a buffalo place, really. And and also, well, yeah. So, and also, I was looking at, like, all my friends' wings. Yeah, they were, like... 40% the size of my wings. Okay. Wow. They were huge. So really, you got value. Well, I got... See, here's the thing. So the the competition was a trick because I could only... like I, I still had like four left and I was done. I mean, my face was like full of food. I was like, there's full of food in here. <laughs> you know? And so that was BS totally. But hey, look, if you like spicy wings and you don't mind them bringing out um, some kind of siren or whatever when you're eating them... And you don't mind the attention. You can get a great deal by doing the challenge because it's the same price as the wings. You'll just get much more food. And it'll be much less likely that you'll actually beat the challenge. Okay. That's all. That Well, you know, so you didn't make it. So I didn't make it, no. I lost the challenge. But, but it was wings. But it was rigged. But I got gigantic wings, so. Well, congratulations to you, sir. It's a trade-off. I feel like a winner still. All right. So anyway. I I felt like... I wasn't finished complaining about EA. Really? What yeah. more could you possibly have to say about this? Unfortunately, I feel like I was just going to repeat myself, <laughs> and so maybe we shouldn't. But it just it fascinates me that they continue to opt for this always-on situation, come up with excuses for why it can't go offline. And the fact that it ever happened in the first place, and now like they're offering a free game to users who who logged on or something yeah. before well, it's, the 18th. Or- it's the promise of control. I mean, these corporations f- are frothing at the mouth with the prospect of being able to fully control not only the purchase of their products, 100% digitally, but also the play of their products. This is well, this is the and, wet dream and I see value of there. EA executives like no other wet dreams. They don't dream of strippers when they go home at night. This is what they dream of. No, but also I imagine it means you can also play with a less – you don't need such a powerful computer because the servers are doing some of the work. Um, I, I don't no, think I don't it's, think that's an issue. I, I don't think it's necessarily wrong to build the game the way they built it if there's real reason for it. Well, I mean – I guess the cities interact with one another and stuff. Like they, they can build it however they want. I mean it's fully within their right to devise a product that's fully online all the time. What they're doing is it's just this is a continual experimentation with what the public is going to take. Yeah, but they just they were short sighted. But then I, I was thinking to myself, like what what systems could be in place? So let's think about this right now. And I, I don't know if this is so much a, a video game question as sort of a, a business operations question. But let's say you were EA and in hindsight you know that you're not going to have enough servers. And so your goal is to make it work, right? By either ordering more servers or or if you simply can't get funding or you can't get someone to approve having all these servers, like what else could you do? I imagine there are ways that you could prevent so many people from getting online right away. For instance, you could say it's going to be released on disk on whatever day. You know, and then a week later or two weeks later, digitally. Right, but we know that they don't want that. They want it all digital. Sure. Then go. It'll be digital only, and then disc the following week. Or you could say, like, no, we're going to allow up to a hundred thousand people this week, 
they don't another hundred thousand next week. That I'm like, what what solution could could have existed? There's no, I, there, I don't think there's any solution. You either deliver on what you promise customers, or you don't. It's just a binary situation. I don't know. I feel like there could have been more creative solutions. There could be more creative ones, but as far as the customers concerned, they're all just as bad. They could disable DRM for a while. Uh, yeah, but this wasn't this. This game was built from the ground I suppose up. That's right. So the game doesn't exist without having that component. In other words, right? It can't stand on its own. They're they're trying to do all of these things. I think with like, I mean they're putting all their chips into this. Well. Then I was I was about to say then maybe they design it differently so either it doesn't require that or so that there's a certain type of play that can be enjoyed, you know, before all right. the multiplayer happens but the whole, or something. But, the, but they don't want any of that because they this I think is part of one of those experiments where they're going to see how much the public will accept. And I'm not saying they deliberately did any of this, but I'm just saying that the companies they all want to move to 100% digital space, and I feel like this is their. This is one of the ways they're trying to transition to this to basically train us customers for, to use games in this way and to accept games in this way. Did you did you see, by the way, that there was some what I would call infighting where uh, I read reference in one article about how EA basically said this isn't our fault. It's Maxis's fault. So Maxis is the internal EA developer that made the game. And then my question is like, did Maxis have to give a number for the or a budget for the amount of servers that they would need, and then EA wouldn't give them enough? Yeah. Or that's a really good question. It probably comes down to that, where they said, "Well, we're going to need this many servers," and EA was like, "Well, prove it," and they couldn't prove it, and so they only give them a budget for so many fewer servers, and then, of course, it was proven when people are trying to play it. That very well could be the case. I I seem to remember that Maxis is having has has had historically like some kind of weird adversarial relationship with EA. It wouldn't surprise me so much, but it's EA needs to recognize that you can't blame something on one of your developers. You are, you know, they are you and you are them. And that's that. Like you accept things as a group. Right. Well, this is probably now sounding like one of those things that happens when the two groups aren't communicating as well as they could be. And things fall through the cracks when that happens. And sometimes it's a big crack. It's a big crack. It's a, it's a giant hole. It's yeah. bigger than the sinkhole in Florida. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess I guess we don't have to continue on this path. It's just, it's amazingly frustrating to see something this big. And with a game, like normally, I don't care about EA games for the most part, but SimCity is actually one of the good ones. Like Maxis makes good stuff. And uh, it's just, it's ridiculous at how short-sighted they were. And I can't, I, just, I have a hard time accepting it. Well, That's I don't have a hard time gaining some perverse sort of satisfaction at a DRM um, embroiled product getting massive controversy and attention. Yeah, I guess that's true. That's, that can be only good for uh, us people who don't like DRM, which is all consumers. Yeah, but I don't know. They, there's there's uh, talk about how this will be analyzed. It'll be a case study of you know what not to do for years to come. And part of me thinks... Well, in two weeks when everything's working okay, people are just going to like the game. Yeah. Part of me thinks that something happened that we don't actually – like nobody's actually ever going to be privy to. Something happened internally. There was one other thing that I wanted to bring up here. There's apparently reviewers are – so they had reviewed the game in advance and now they've gone and changed their review to like one star or whatever, right? Um, Reduced their reviews because – are you talking about the Amazon reviews or no. professional reviews? No, like so professional reviewers wow. changing their review scores because they're like, no, what we played, you know, what what's out there for real doesn't represent what we played. You know, this buggy, crappy version, uh, it's not fair to consumers. And I'm like, yeah, but that's because of a specific problem that's being rectified, which I'm confident will be gone in a week, right? Yeah, Everyone that doesn't sound right either because the problem is a temporal one. It's not a problem that's intrinsic to the design of the game. Yeah, exactly. And that when, when I read that, that just seemed completely, did you change your score because, oh, you know, for a week people couldn't play. It's a really annoying week, yeah. but... It's just a week. The game's going to last for years. Well, it's fine to change your score according to that as long as uh, once things change again, you update your score yet again. So if we want to have live reviews with scores updated weekly according to how the game's <laughs> playing that week, that's totally fine too. You want to put in that work and do that as a 
game journalist. You can do that. Yeah, that would suck. That's totally okay. Not interested. We'll be right back. again. I'm also going to remind everyone that we are sponsored by the University of Advancing Technology. Their website is uat.edu. If you're interested in, in learning how to make games and, and design and develop, you can, you can go there to do it. We're going to move on from EA, move on to totally different, different things. And Ara has been, been chomping at the bit. I was just going to use that exact same euphemism. Uh, two two peas, my friend. Two peas. Yes. So yeah, I want to talk about feminism and sexism. Are they any different? Yes, they okay. are. Okay, but that's not what I want to talk what, about. One is the other, but they're not both the no, same. No 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 no. No. No, 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 no. Let's not go down that road. The road I do want to go down is the road that's becoming. Um, it's being talked a lot re- about a lot recently. And specifically, I mean, there's so many angles. So let, let's just start with um, the word trope we were just talking about before the show and how it's being used a lot these days. I should probably get an actual definition. And no, it's fine. You can look it up. You, Alon, or you, the listeners. Um, there's been a lot of talk about this trope of what's called the damsel in distress in games lately. And I wanted to talk about some some really, really interesting slash insane things that are happening, right? So there's a lot of attention that's being put on this, I think, because the way that it's been used, this, this damsel in distress in a lot of games, it's like – well – Actually, let me let me approach this from a different angle, right? Let me approach this from the angle of what are feminists complaining about that games do, okay? So one of the things that games do is this damsel in distress trope, which basically what that means is that there's a lot of games that use this structure where there's like some some female character that you have to rescue through the process of playing the game. And this is usually framed as... A situation where the the female character is helpless and you're usually not a female character. You're usually a male character who is empowered and has an agency to go through all the things that you have to do in the game to rescue this uh, damsel in distress, whether it be a, a princess or another girl or what have you. The common thread being that all of these damsels of distress are basically reduced to either... Uh, nothing more than a goal or a being, right, being being a woman that has no discernible agency within the game universe whatsoever. And what I mean by that, what that means is that they, they're just helpless. They can't do anything by themselves. And this is framed as a criticism because it's really bad for us to frame women as helpless beings or of having no agency or of reducing them to nothing more than a goal. That's what it is at face value. All right. And and how do you feel about that? So it pisses me off. That's how I feel about it. It pisses me off because I feel like the people who are complaining about these kinds of structures aren't really being intellectually honest. Let me put it to you this way, right? So these kinds of structures are being framed as something really, really dangerous, right? In other words, we shouldn't do these things. We shouldn't have damsels in distress that show women as being helpless or not having agency or being trapped or imprisoned or of being a goal because this is demeaning to women. I mean, that's what it is at face value, right? Does that sound right to you? Interrupt me if you feel like I'm... 
when you say sound right, right, do you mean do I do I agree with their point of view, or is what you're saying really representative of their thoughts? Do you, do you feel like this is why the idea of damsels in distress is being criticized fundamentally? I, I believe that's the concern, but admittedly, I haven't researched it as much as you. Okay, so that's um, what it appears to be at face value, anyway, right? So what I want to question is. What there's this assumption that this kind of depiction is really, really dangerous because of its, you know, inherent sexism and because it's showing, you know, all those bad things, right? And I want to question that just at face value right away. And there's, let yeah. me show you let me show you how I want to question it. Okay. You've played a bunch of games growing up, Nintendo games. I played a bunch of games growing up. You played Mario, where you have to rescue the princess as a Vi. We've played uh, Zelda, where the princess is also imprisoned. Donkey and, Kong. And lots and lots of... There's multiple games in those series. And in most of those games, in most cases, except for... you know, Beyond some exceptions, right? The great, great majority of time, we're rescuing a girl who can't do shit for herself, in other words, right? Yes. So... There's, I mean, there's a lot, there's a ton and there's, there's tons and tons and tons of examples of early 80s games that did this, right? I mean, there's like Double Dragon, right? The girl gets punched in the stomach in the <laughs> beginning and then she gets, you know, carried away on the big bad boss's shoulder, right? That was kind of funny. Um, it is kind of funny, actually, in that case. But it's funny for reasons other than the reasons why feminists are angry. But here's the point. I make this point as a question that I frame to you, Alon. You played lots of those games, right? Yes. Did you ever think, while you're playing Double Dragon or Zelda or any of the Mario games, were you ever thinking of anything about the state of the goal rescuable character in that game? Um, I want to say no, but perhaps in the case of Donkey Kong, where you can see the girl on the screen the whole time. Yeah. Perhaps in that situation, I was thinking about her, like, why is she so dumb just standing there, not running away? That's interesting that you say that, because my point is that by so many feminists, it's just it appears to be just assumed that because this depiction exists, it must have a substantial effect on our minds and culture, right? And I want to submit that it doesn't at all. In fact, out of all of the things that could possibly influence a culture and how people think and how they act, I think this is probably one of the weakest ones out there, period. I mean, you, you don't think in mass, game after game after game, representing boy having to save girl, you don't think that has any No, any because there's several reasons why, and but you're, you're getting a little bit ahead of me here, right? You asked... I, for example, one, as we were growing up playing those games, I don't feel like I – won't, I won't frame this as a question. I don't feel like we feel that women are, as a group, any less capable of things in general or have any less agency in life because we grew up with those games. We grew up with all those games, and what has it done to give us a misogynistic perspective? I say it's done nothing. In fact, the very reply that you gave me informs everything about how you do not have an inherently misogynistic perspective because you assumed that that girl would have her own agency and run away, right? I mean – If you were misogynistic, you would be like, yeah, that's where she belongs next to the big brute not doing anything. But no, you didn't say that. You were like, why doesn't she run away? You assumed that she had the agency to run away. And, and so here's the funny thing is that despite the fact that we've been exposed to all this stuff as kids, right, like before age seven in a lot of cases, during the most developmentally sensitive time in our brain's lives, and that hasn't negatively affected us misogynistically. So A, why do we think or expect that it should now? B, I want to turn this on its head a little bit and say that what I think is happening is that these depictions, they happen for a lot of reasons. Many of them are out of convenience. And I don't want to get – there's a myriad of reasons of convenience that I, I don't need to get into right now. And at the same time, there's – I feel like those kinds of things 
in addition to it's just the convenience reasons, we have these tropes because they're a reflection of certain things. And in some cases, they are a reflection of some kind of misogynistic tendency in our culture, right? However, I will pose that I want to submit to everybody that they are merely reflections and their actual effectiveness is incredibly minimal. If we want to talk about things like sexism in our culture, this is the wrong target. We need to talk about things like what kind of values do you imbue into kids before they're seven years old? Because you know what? That's what affects somebody's worldview and how they think about things. It's not playing Mario. It's not playing Zelda. It's not rescuing a princess who has no agency. On top of that, I want to challenge this whole idea that just because a character is imprisoned in some kind of conceit of a plot, that the necessary implication there is that that character then has no agency in her virtual life. Every single time there's um, a character that's imprisoned or robbed of their agency in any kind of narrative, right? Is your first assumption that they can't do what they need to do to escape from that because they suck so bad or because they can't do anything in their lives or they're useless? Do you assume that? I don't think that you'll assume that. I think that you'll assume that there's some greater power that is preventing them from using their own powers of agency. And so it's not for a lack of their own power. You see where I'm going with this? I'm having a bit of a hard time following let me now. put it to you th- okay let me put it to you this way i'll use the example of like princess peach okay like in mario so princess peach is kidnapped and she can't escape except in super mario bros 2 she's not kidnapped in that one right yeah but like, like i said there's some exceptions right the other thing too is that oh no, no i don't want to i don't want to argue 20 things at once okay so you're rescuing princess peach now it you have in any kind of video game Right, because it's a video game and it's primarily a game and not primarily a narrative, you will get limited information about the lives of virtual characters just by virtue of the fact that it's primarily a game. You're not going to know everything about their lives, what they can do, what they can't do, what their dreams are, their aspirations, what agency they have, what they have, how useless they are, and so on. Right? So you don't know anything about Princess Peach. All you know is that she got captured and she can't get out. I'll submit that it's a neurotic perspective to assume that just because you've been given limited information about a character's situation, that that person cannot break free from that because they have, because they're useless or because of anything negative about their gender. We'll, be well, I guess I guess we get to explore it when we come back. Oh yeah. All right. Are you going to find a Master of Science program in technology that creates thinkers who understand how business works and how to apply the technology? Where else are you going to discover a graduate degree in technology that is customized to meet your objectives? Where else in the Valley, on campus or online, can you study at the only private university that gives you the opportunity to focus in specialized areas like network security, artificial life programming, and game studies, as well as technology management? Where else? Where else but the University of Advancing Technology? UAT's graduate technology program is accelerated. It combines business with technology. It offers the flexibility to adapt quickly to changes that come in high-tech fields. Feed your brain. Lead. Manage. You won't find this innovative environment anywhere else. UAT, the select private university where you'll be fully immersed in technology. The experience is unrivaled. Click UAT.edu. That's UAT.edu. All right, we're back. So that was a mouthful. I yeah. feel like I need to take a breather for a second. Where where did this all this all stem from? You I don't want to tell you where it's done from. <laughs> Because that, 
Because no, I didn't even want to bring this up. Let's just say there's been talked being talked about a lot lately. That's where it stems from. Okay, fine, fine. I wonder if if this is the sort of conversation that you would have in in an academic pursuit, like at UAT, University of Advancing Technology. I Indeed. wonder. Indeed, they may have these conversations. You know, sometimes I think that you or I, probably you, uh, <laughs> should should teach there and come up with these conversations. And I was also, I was thinking just this morning, I was in the shower and I was like, I should have a class at UAT about like human psychology and motivations and expectations and how you can use the information, de- like a psych class, but psych for gamers. Yeah. Right. How you can use that information to uh, create, you know, you can use psychology to create motivation in games and understanding of the player and how it would be useful to have that sort of knowledge as yeah. a game developer. Games are very powerful. But going back to this, now that it's settled for about a minute in your head, I can go on with more, but do you have any reaction to this right now? So what you were just saying before the break about how the fact that you're essentially not really introduced to the character, so you don't really have much to go on. You don't know of. anything about her, so why would you... Why would you assume that she can't do anything about herself just because she's imprisoned to the extent that she can't escape? Well, I mean, the reason I assume she won't do anything is because that's what games are like. But that's, what, that's exactly my point, is that that's what games are like because it is a plot device in order to further the story, right? Yeah. Which is could... that this person, for the, for the purposes of the story, this character cannot use their own agency to escape from the situation because it's not Princess Peach's escape. It's Super Mario Brothers. If someone wanted to make the game Princess Peach's escape, that's a badass idea. They can make that game. That's totally cool. That actually, but that is kind of a good idea. Just because somebody can make that game and just because, um, you know, there is maybe an inequity of representation between males and females doesn't mean that somebody shouldn't make a game called Super Mario Brothers. I, I gotta say, it would make a lot more sense to have Princess Peach escapes because I've always thought, like, oh my god, there's all these levels and Mario's going through through these worlds that you can beat and have a flag at the end as if it was a challenge set up by the bad guy. Escaping Bowser's castle. Now that. That gives you reason to be in the castle, reason to be fighting against people who want to stop you it could from be a, This could be a great game. You could play through the entire game this, backwards as Princess Peach. This is the best idea ever. Uh, <laughs> someone should pursue that. And since it's a Mario game, I think there's only one company that could. But Yeah, but the, point, the other point I'm making is that when, when people play games, because of the mechanical nature of the game, they are, they are inexorably reducing yeah. no. characters into symbols no matter what, especially characters that have no other depiction than a narrative one. No. I and see what you're saying, but it, I also see the point of the, the people who complain about this stuff, right? Because Okay, so what's their point, if you can be their um, advocate I, for a second here? I will. So we as players are introduced to game after game after game that you know have this this certain archetype and you know it could be that you're saving your dog or you're saving your brother um a lot of games have the you're saving the world instead of saving a specific person situation but right. when you are actually saving a person it, it doesn't necessarily have to be a girl no and, it doesn't have to but it does exist that there are lots of examples of that yeah, and so I think what they're saying is, like, as a group, you look at all of these games, and it's always a girl. We're always faced with, in the end, when we think about the story of these games, no, but that's we the problem. are saving a woman. That's the problem, is that it's not always a girl. They're just using all the girl examples. And oh, oh, come on, though. It almost always is boy saves girl. I mean, how many other examples are there? I mean, you there's, really, there's, you, there's really boy, want, you really want me to go and count? Yeah, seriously. There's basically Boy Saves Girl and Boy Saves World. Because you know I can't, do, I can't count all those right now. There's, been, there's lots of, you know what, there's a Japanese action game. Uh, there's El Viento for the Genesis. You, you were a girl in that game. There's plenty of games where you're Well, there's plenty of girls, girl. games where you're a girl, but in yeah. that situation, it's not a girl saving a boy. Uh, um, it's a girl saving the world. No, you're, well, I don't know what she's saving, but it's, it's usually not a boy. You're right. It usually isn't. But what I – well, my question to you now is so what? So what about that? Well, listen. I, I see both sides of it. But I, I kind of 
also see their point. Why does it always have to be? Well, here's the point. Here's the point that I feel like they're trying to get at. They're just not doing a very good job at. Well, I mean, I don't even think it's a strong point. It's that there seems to be a desire for there to be like different conceits other than boy saves girl, right? But I feel like that desire is already very well known amongst people who make games and people who play games too, right? Like we're the trope of saving the the princess or the damsel in distress is tired, not because it's sexist, not because it disempowers women or takes anything away from them. It's just tired because it's tired. And I think we all know how tired it is already. Uh, I don't know. I feel like it could go on forever. Well, I mean, it will. I mean, people will continue to make games like that. But what I'm saying is that there's already there's already a lot of development being done to games and a lot of games coming out now. Like, look at Spelunky. Okay, you can pick. um, You can in the XBLA version. You can like you can have the damsel in distress or the guy, or you could uh, you could be you could make the damsel in distress in that game a dog. Or you could make it a beefy hunk, right? And so it's just, this is the kind of thing where if we reuse this trope, it's incidentally, it's really interesting that there's mostly – there's a lot of Japanese examples of this. And I feel like that's because the very traditional patriarchal values are much, much more steadfast in, in, in Japan than they are here culturally, right? Um, but that once again goes to show that like this is merely a reflection of the culture. This isn't something that is even – is even close to enough power to make any kind of real effect. If you want to make a real effect, right, you go back to what I was saying before about you you make your own kids and you raise them to have the values that you think are important. And after millions of people do that after 20 years and a new generation comes around, that's how you affect culture. You can only do it in tiny ways. You can't You can't change it completely and you can't change it by goading people you can't change it by like trying to make people make the kind of game you want to make because when it comes down to it it is completely unreasonable for us to tell anybody for anybody to tell anybody you should not make that type of game you should make this other type of game all right well i see potential both sides of it that's that's what i'm saying well there's okay there's a couple other things okay um, there's, I find it interesting. I get this impression. I don't want to say it as fact because I don't know it's true or not, but I get this impression that there's a lot of, a lot of discussion about feminism gets stifled because there's certain criticisms that I feel like have a lot of weight to them. And I just never, I just never hear the feminists who are arguing these points actually address these things. So, um, I wish they would. And one of the things that I wish they would do, for example, is here's here's a little wrinkle in this whole damsel in distress trope, right? Like Princess Zelda, she gets captured, right? And you have to rescue her. Mm-hmm. What what about the fact that a, a princess who gets captured is intrinsically represented as being a very, very high value position? And that you as a like you're the character and you're the man to chase her and you're actually low value and you're rescuing this high value character. How is in what way is that sexist against females? Just because they're it's it's the phrase used before of damsel in distress. Right. It's not that they got captured or that you need to save them, but it's that they are helpless on their own. Right. But because that's there the is thing. no, it's, the princess escapes game. Right. But that's what I'm saying is that you can like any kind of situation, you can choose to interpret it in a number of ways. And my question is you can, why interpret it as the damsel can't do anything on her own? Like what, what about the information you have about any situation where this trope is used leads you to that conclusion? Because you can just as easily conclude that um, she's awesome and powerful and her, you know, she's just, her powers have been bound, right? Or you're rescuing the kingdom and she's a representation of the kingdom. You know, if you have to rescue the queen, like, do we think the queen of England has no power? Well, that's a funny question for other reasons, but, (laughs) right? Because she is in that role, she is royalty. And there's a bunch of 
stereotypes that go along with that. But why would you assume any one of those are true unless the the game or the storyline indicates to you one that to you one way or the other? All right. What I'm saying is that you could take this thing and you can turn it on its head, and you could you could argue, I think, just as compellingly that the trope is negative for men. You could almost argue that it's as misandrous as it is misogynist. Okay, then. I'm, I'm going to let you try to argue that point. I don't know that you're going to get a lot of No, support. I'm not going to try to, but I'm saying that you could – I mean that's – I think that the feminist side of it makes just about that much sense. All right. Here's another stretch, right? Why would you even think that one singular representation, even if you assume that that character is completely helpless, why would you assume a statement that all women are that way, right? Why does well, one example have to be a representation for the aggregate? Uh, it doesn't, and it's it's only in the aggregate that I think they have a problem. Yeah, and this is this is one of the things that makes this whole discussion so difficult to even have, is because when you speak of things in the aggregate like this, there's there's just no specifics you can talk about, you know, because it's one of those things where like, you know, like one of the things that's thrown around about sexism in in the workforce is that okay, well, women make less than men, right? Well, women, yes, women make less than men in the aggregate. But yeah, they're also out more. Well, there could be other reasons, right? If I go to Lolo's Chicken and Waffles and I go there and there's 80% blacks there, I can ask myself, why are there so many blacks there? Is it because they're racist against whites? Is there? Is it because, is it because um, those people there just happen to live near there and they just really like the waffles? Is it because blacks love chicken and waffles more than whites? All are very reasonable possibilities. These are all different things. And instead of us actually talking about all the different things, it's like the feminists are just saying, no, it's this, and let's not talk about any of the other ones. That's a good analogy. It's the first good one on that. Good all thing right. we thought of it. Well, end of the show, everybody. Thank you for, for listening. Don't forget, go to facebook.com slash chatterbox video game radio. We'll be back next week. Good night, guys. You've been listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Tune in next week for more tips and info and the latest and greatest in video gaming. And remember, all your base are belong to us.